Hello, and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Dabaoki, David Brothers, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. This week, inspired by David's attempts to break the podcast, as he says, during season three, I decided to try something a little different while hosting, and that is to, to have us read four... <laughs> first chapters of four different manga in four different genres more or less four different age ratings and age age situations as well different japanese genres as well as north american genres really just try and in one episode show some of the diversity and the breadth of what manga has to offer and then at the end of it we're going to have chip pick what his favorite first chapter was and we're going to read that one as a uh, full volume, maybe in, uh, it'll have to be in season season four, because we've already sort of gotten to the end of our season three picks. This week, our books are, <laughs> and oh yeah, there was another thing, I let some of the listeners pick the books. So <laughs> Chip was super happy about that, but thank you to our listeners. I'll, I'll have in the show notes who everybody is that made the picks. But this week, we're going to read Food Wars, Sogeki no Soma, Kokoku, Moment by Moment, Sweetness and Lightning, and How Are You? I'd like to actually go through first and talk about each title without sort of cross-referencing. Just real quick, initial impressions of each chapter. And again, if I haven't said it, because I can't remember, even though it's only been two minutes and 30 seconds, these are all free online. So you can actually go read these right now. You don't have to worry about buying books. You don't have to worry about the manga explaining curse of your ever burgeoning shelves getting one volume thicker each week. You could just go read these free online, digitally, legally at various websites, and they'll be linked at mangasplaining.com. So first up, we're going to go in order of age, actually, which is to say shonen manga. And we have uh, Food Wars, Sugeki no Soma. I think this is one that I had read before, David had read before, and Deb had read before. So since we've all got experience, Chip, what did you think of Food Wars? I actually really liked it. It was so stupid. Isn't it charming? <laughs> With so many funny hooks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's the one that made me want to read the next chapter probably the most. Maybe uh, maybe I just gave away. Wow, you really less. jumped to the ending there. <laughs> David, sparkle all that out. <laughs> or wait, it's a shonen <laughs> book, so hard beeps, hard beeps. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe, maybe not. Maybe um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll some see. misdirection here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at, at first I was just like, oh, okay, it's like a competition manga. But then like it, it turned out to be his father, and like these kind of. <laughs> I don't know how far in we want to get just yet, but even the stuff that was like super like gross sexy was done in a really funny way. Like clearly <laughs> yeah. kind of it's like having your cake and eating it too for a food manga where it's like, oh yeah, here's some titillating stuff, but really we're making fun of that kind of stuff. Anyways, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was super, super funny. That is awesome. David Deb, I know you've you've both read a, a good chunk of the series. Question mark. Yeah, I read almost. I read all of it, but the final story arc. I think like I oh read up to the ending. Basically, I had a Shonen Jump subscription, and then you know I was proofreader for it for a while. I've not read this first chapter in like ten years, like since it came out. Basically, oh wow! I think I had the same reaction this time that I did last time, where I was like, man, like this fan service is more than I really want in my life. Like, is this still the kind of manga that I want? <laughs> And then I still got to the page where like all the dudes and the lady explode with their clothes yeah. flying off. And I was like, oh, this is why it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> like it finally Absolutely. broke through whatever mental barrier I had again. 
<laughs> Just want to explain for listeners. So Food Wars is a manga about a young man cooking food, trying to like live up to his father's legacy about being one of the best chefs in the world. And he can make food so delicious that people basically orgasm, like it's sort of implied. <laughs> so it does these like inner viewpoint situations where they're so in love with the food that their clothes go flying off and they're sort of wrapped up in orgasmic ecstasy. And of course, that's like a, a vehicle for fan service. There's like, yeah. you know, some cute girls, sexy yeah. ladies that get that. But also the dudes and the dudes range from being very muscular, hunky, sexy dudes to very, uh, let's say, bulky fellas to very old fellas. Like everyone gets naked and enjoys the food in yeah. this book. And that's like part of, I think, what David, you're trying to get at there. If, I think if it was only fan service featuring ladies, it would have been a different story. Mm, like It would have felt a little bit too exploitation manga-y. But because they added the dudes in, it actually becomes more of an exploitation manga in a way, which makes it totally okay. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not totally okay, but you know what 100% I mean. Like it hits a, agree. It's yeah. a certain like tier of of here's what we're gonna do with our fan service, and it keeps pushing at it from there instead of sort of settling on sort of the lowest common denominator. Like here's some panty shots fan service. Yeah. Mm. Deb, what do you have to say ten years in about Food Wars? Five years well, in, after, ten years in? I guess kind of it's kind of like what Don did on, right? Where there's that, that initial early on scene where the girl's clothes gets ripped off. And you think, mm -hmm. ew, no, no, no. <laughs> and then later on, it redeems itself by being like, oh, actually, this is funny. Like, yeah. I, you know, like it's, it's stupid and it's self-aware and it's actually well, really well executed. So then you forgive it. But, you know, that first moment where you see that scene where, you know, the girl gets fondled by the, by the squid legs. And then, uh, you know, and then down to down when like, the aliens rip her clothes off as she's running away, it's like you're like your your initial reaction is like, oh no, well there goes the library purchase, right? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew does have trouble with this one in the libraries, uh, even though it's equal opportunity. Almost any amount of violence is okay, like up to and including The Walking Dead. But the fact that people get their clothes blown off in a funny way is maybe a little too much. So it sure shows where we're at as a society, unfortunately. In my but, in my estimation, but what it does really well is, you know, for black and white comic, it makes the food look tasty, mm. which I think is kind of mm -hmm. amazing, and it makes cooking food look exciting and you know dynamic. You know, like you know, making this mashed potato roast with bacon around it. You like you start thinking to yourself, I want to make that. That looks damn tasty. It does look very tasty. Actually, there's good. a binging with Babish episode that has, which is anime with Alvin, where they actually do make that. And he goes through how he made it and he hmm. did not love it. Alvin did not love it. I'll put that in the show notes. It's a pretty fun <laughs> video, but I feel like he just didn't have the flair that, that Soma does. You got to admit, though, it's got to, <laughs> like the way that they hype up that thing, it better taste amazing. And if it tastes anything yeah. less than absolutely amazing, it's a disappointment. Maybe he needed to use thicker cut bacon. That's all I have to say about mm. that. Next up, we have our sort of junior seinen title, and this title is called Sweetness and Lightning. It's by Kido Amagakure, and it's published by Kodansha. The first one was, okay, you know, some I probably should have said Food Wars, published by Viz Media. It is by, oh, wow, I cannot, uh, I'm not going to go off on too much of a tangent here, but I'm going to say that when you click on individual chapters of titles on the Viz website, it doesn't list the author names, which I find kind of insane. Uh, so the story's by Yuto Tsukuda, art by Shun Saiki, and contributor, I guess the food contributor, is Yuki Morisaki. And that's Food Wars. So yeah, so our seinen title is Sweetness and Lightning, and it is about a man 
who is dealing with the death of his wife, being a single parent to his young daughter, and realizes that he has like no, he doesn't have a lot of house skills and he's learning as he goes, but he can't cook a delicious meal like his wife used to cook for his daughter. And it really bums him out in, is, is, is the general overview where he meets somebody whose mom is uh, one of his students in school. Her mom is really good at cooking, but is also very absent as well. So she feels very lonely and alone as well. And it sort of puts together this friendship that may or may not land right with readers, especially on the first chapter. So that's actually what I'm really interested in on this one. Uh, David, had you read this one before? Uh, no, definitely not. This what did you one, think of Sweetness and Lightning? It wasn't super my bag. Uh, we were talking a few weeks ago about how we need like a little bit of an edge in our story sometimes to mm. make it more approachable, more whatever, more readable. And this one's like too saccharine for me, I think. It and is in a way very that, sweet. <laughs> like Yatsuba isn't, like Yatsuba's more concerned with being a comedy comic, while this is more yeah. of a drama with occasional jokes. And I think the difference in there is sort of where I where I lost track of it a little bit. Hmm. Needs more lightning than sweetness, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Deb, Deb what do you think? Oh, it's a, it's a very sweet manga, but I think I agree with David a little bit. I didn't really feel compelled to keep reading. Mm-hmm. It is a food manga. I noticed what was funny is this first chapter is also about cooking rice in a donabe, which is also was in our dining table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like this, this, this belief that donabe is a clay pot. Cooking rice in a donabe is going to make exquisite, amazing rice. And I've yet to do this, by the way. But every time they do this, I think, I got to try that one day. Otherwise, I'm a failure as a Japanese person. <laughs> I can't speak to that, but <laughs> I don't have a tanabe either. So, I mean, I have one, but you know, and I have one of those tabletop grills, but I've used it to make other stuff. But it's a sweet book. I mean, I think there's, um, there's some really nice little moments. Like there's that moment where she's running and you see the little circle where Blue's like, like, you know, I think what I was saying, saying like, like he's running towards the girl's house and it's kind of a nicely composed panel. Yeah. Where he's like almost having a nervous breakdown because he realizes yeah. like he's failing as a father. That was like, that was the thing where I was reading it. It was like, oh, this is a sweet thing. But then you actually look at some of the actions out of sequence or out of, out of context and you're like, he got up in the middle of the night because, and like ran to some stranger's house to make him like cook food for his daughter because he was having like a panic attack. That's a little weird, actually. And I was, was like, oh, maybe there's reaction. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, this is weird. And there's maybe something more to it for me than that, than what, what I was originally getting from it. But we haven't asked Chip. Chip, what did you think of sweetness and lightning? Too sweet? Too sad? Well, it's funny. That, 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 that weirdness is the thing I kind of liked about this. Yeah. I like this more than Yotsuba. Really? Wow. Whoa. I can, see, I can see the comparisons, but. I I like besides Jumbo and y- Yasuba, who I I will course, always love. Agreed. I really felt for the characters in this more than I did in Yatsuba. Obviously, it's not going for comedy as much yeah. as y- Yatsuba was, but I I, th- I thought this was better illustrated. It was definitely saccharine, but but I, but I quite liked it. So this was one where I got to the end and I was like. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in this first chapter, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to see where this lands. And so I actually read the second and third chapter on this one. I guess I cheated. Wow. It's, like, it's, it's all, I think it's all free. Unbelievable. As a key right now. Yeah, the first three are, are free. And yeah, it actually addresses some of the stuff that I thought was creepy weird as opposed to just weird weird. And also doesn't address some of the other stuff. Like, it, like grief is real. Like, you lose mm-hmm. your wife and you've got to raise a kid. That's real. 
it doesn't really go into that, but it goes into the absentee mother that the student's dealing with and Mm -hmm. how it's weird for teachers and students to have friendships and how that could like blow up in a weird way, even though these are both people who are clearly hurting and like, yeah, there's some good stuff here and it gets more interesting as it goes. But also it's like the, the stakes are other than that one scene where he's like, got her on his back and running in the middle of the night to try and get her food that she'll love. It's a, it's a little more sweetness than lightning, I think is the way to go. But we're going we're gonna to talk about that too, because this is a second uh, food manga. Next up, we have our grown-up <laughs> seinen manga, I guess you could say. That was Sweetness and Lightning was our sort of easygoing seinen manga. And this is Kokoku, or Moment by Moment, by Seita Horio, published by Kodansha. It's available on all the digital services as well. And they've got a free first chapter on the Kodansha website. You can read without a login or anything like that. This is one that I think of as a David pick, actually, because it's like a David seinen manga. It's got like edgy darkness kind of stuff going on and a little bit of supernatural sci-fi. So I actually want to start with David and be like, is this a David pick or have I read you completely wrong these past 74 episodes? You've read me slightly wrong these past 74 episodes. It's almost a pick for me. I can see why you think it would be something that I would be into. And I think I've read series similar to this, you know, the whole... There's a secret reality underneath our reality, and our cast are the only ones who can access it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. except for all the bad guys or you know colorful characters they meet over the course of the series. <laughs> yeah. But I think this one is a little more X-Files than Men in Black, a little more mm. like contemplative, kind of teasing the story a little bit, maybe even a little more melancholy. Well, I think mm. I tend to like stories like this to be a little more slam-bang, action-y kind of a thing. But the idea, I like the the flashback with the dog, where she's like thinking back to when her dog passed away, and she mm-hmm. instantly believes like what her grandfather's telling her is true. I thought that was really well done. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read past the first chapter? No, I just did the first chapter for everything today because I okay. uh, I believe in following the assignment. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, we were all we were all doing what good. we were supposed to be doing. Except yeah. me. Well, I'm hosting, so I've got to <laughs> be able to answer questions. Mm, Chip, what did you think of Kokoku? I thought it was fine. I, I didn't quite enjoy the drawings that much, which kind of took me out of it. Mm. I could see what the story was doing, but I wasn't fully into it until basically the last few pages where I was like, oh, okay, there's there's enough of a hook here that I kind of want to keep going with it. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm a little bit upset because I did a book where time stops, and I never once thought of having the frozen bicycle as the method to show the reader of time stopping. And that was such mm-hmm. a smart thing to do because that's really hard to do in a comic static images to yeah. convey time has stopped. But yeah, someone just like standing in front of a clearly moving bicycle was like, Oh man, that's so smart. I'm upset. If I so I'm angry at it. This was recommended because you had done sex criminals and it mm-hmm. might be a different take on a different thing. Clearly yeah. you still mm-hmm. think sex criminals is better though. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, except wow. for that one panel. Except for that one panel. <laughs> 60, 50 pages in. Very good. Deb, Kokoku, had you read this one before? No, and I hadn't heard of it before either. Before the Yeah, me either. It was like a totally blind recommendation on the comments on the, the website. I was really surprised by it. What'd you think? It was surreal. I mean, I, I enjoyed the part where like they're sitting by the river and then the little little um, amusement park boats float by instead of like, you know, the, the 
uh, boatman on the river sticks to take the dog away, mm-hmm. and then the, the dog salutes. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's clever. Yeah, I'm down. You know, that's interesting. I mean, it, it kind of tempts you in a little bit. But mm. like, I think like David, I wasn't quite sold with just that one chapter. Yeah, like I felt like maybe I need to read a whole volume to understand why Shigeru Mizuki and these other big manga artists gave it an award and why it was so you know critically acclaimed because it didn't hit me. It wasn't as obvious like what Food War was. What Food War is like, you know, it had, you know, the story beats, it had the the humor, it had some good art. It had just enough hooks to go like, oh, okay, this is what this is all about. This mm-hmm. is a little bit more artsy. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that it didn't try as hard as a, sh- a first chapter of a Shonen Jump manga to make me love it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. did not <laughs> do that. Although I will say my favorite part is the What's his name? Uh, Makoto getting punched in the face. That I was that just going to say that. I was so just going to say that. <laughs> like, I have I have it up on my screen right now, and I was just like, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for the pause. So I could be like, but that yeah. punch. <laughs> so this is one where I actually got to the end and didn't realize I'd gotten to the end of the fifty pages because I was reading it on Azuki, and if you just hit the next button, you it just automatically loads the next chapter and doesn't make like mm-hmm. a big deal of it. So I was like, wait, where did this end? And I went back and I was like, oh, that's where it ends. That's kind of weird a little bit we it ends with we have all the time in the world is the last page yeah and there was like a black page and i just sort of read that as like a pause of time or something like that but yeah there's some interesting stuff in the next couple of let's say next couple of pages about where like how the frozen time works and what it means and what it means to both the daughter and the son and the grandpots it's the kind of thing where yeah i don't I think that the premise, when I read what the premise was, was really interesting. You don't get a ton of that in the first chapter. It's kind of a a much slower reveal. But I think that this could really go somewhere, too. Like, I think it's there's nothing wrong with the first chapter. It's nothing that's like they introduced something and it pissed me off. And I was like, now I don't want to read anymore. It's more like I wanted more. How do you feel? Hmm. There's a monster on the TOC and on the cover, I think, that doesn't show up at all during the first chapter, like not even really hinted at. So I think it might mm-hmm. go in a direction that would be more like up my alley. <laughs> sure. But as is, I think I'd need like another recommendation for it before I came back to it to check it out again. All right. So if you're listeners, if you're out there and you're like, no, no, keep reading. It gets really good. <laughs> I guess DM David directly on Twitter. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every reader DM David directly. <laughs> yeah. Please, do, please don't. Finally, our last book is a Jose manga. It's an art comic. It's a really different thing than anything we've read in a really long time on the podcast. And it is called How Are You? Which is a very loaded question. It's by Miki Yamamoto. Shodensha published it. I'm not actually sure what magazine it ran in. but it Actually, uh, I was reading Jocelyn's thing and she said it was published as a complete volume. It was that As a complete serialized. work? Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're reading it on Manga Planet, and it's got it as eight chapters and then an interview chapter at the end. So I was kind of surprised by that, that it is a standalone. So How Are You is basically, here's the here's the tagline on Manga Planet. Everyone always thought the Masoka family was straight out of the movies. A movie star beautiful wife, her kind husband, and their cute daughter enjoying their perfect garden. One day Lisa's husband never comes home, and Lisa and her daughter's life changes forever. And that's kind of... I gave a little bit, probably too much away when I was selling this book, when I was talking about it, when we were recommending it, but that's a pretty good tagline because their lives do change and degrade in pretty obvious quick ways. Deb, what did you think of How Are You? It's such a, it's such a different book than what we've been reading lately. 
Yeah, I'll say. I, I had read it before <laughs> on Manga Planet. The art's really quirky. Mm. It feels more like an indie comic than like a manga, right? Mm-hmm. There's some aspects of the art that just make me uncomfortable, like the lips. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Mm, but at the same time, it's it does some interesting things. Like there are moments where you can see the psychological uh, tension r- ramping up. Like, like that moment, I think it's this page where there's just like all these little boxes. Like I think it's page 22 where there's all these mm-hmm. little panels that alternate between her eyes, her mouth, the phone, her notepad. And you can see her trying to call all around to find out anyone in her address book who might know where her husband is. And it's a really interesting bit of composition. Because then it then the, the bottom half of it is just her like lying on the floor in a house in just despair. It's also an interesting topic. It's about, you know, a woman who, you know, she's a she's a foreigner. She married a Japanese man and she's she's a housewife. So when her husband leaves, who he's a sole breadwinner, she's kind of screwed. <laughs> she's really yeah. it's it's really messed up. Like she doesn't really have any financial her kids still in school. She has to to support herself, she has to find a job. Her, her maybe her Japanese is not that great. It's kind of scary, actually. I had read the whole thing before, but I didn't reread mm. it this time because it just started to feel like, oh my god, is this going to be eight chapters of this woman absolutely unraveling? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not in the mood for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's very anxiety-inducing, and I was actually, I felt a very similar. The first time I read it, I was actually like tense, like very like. All my muscles were tense, like even like like clicking the mouse hand. So it was something that when it came time to recommend a book that's just a first chapter, this one really grabbed me in a way that I was really surprised by, like with a physical like reaction. So I wanted to share it with the group. So this is one I haven't read further because I actually really do want to take my time with it rather than read it for the podcast where I'm usually burning through books. I don't know what happens next. It's interesting, Deb, that you've read the whole thing. Let's go with Chip next. Chip, what did you think of this particular title? I thought it was good. Super tense, kind of like what you were saying. It's got that kind of uh, indie feel. It's very funny, the idea of selling the idea of her having like a a Hollywood superstar looks when she's drawn this way throughout. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like if I I was this style of artist, my storylines would be, you know, a woman who doesn't look super attractive conventionally, you know, undergoes a transformation. It's just it's hard to sell it with this kind of art style. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'm, I'm taken out of it a bit. Yeah, like it's funny. Like the art style didn't quite work for me all throughout. Sometimes I just I'd feel myself just kind of judging it a bit too harshly. And every once in a while, there would be a panel that that would stand out. Like, oh, okay, yeah, this person really knows what they're doing. The funny thing is, like when I hit the end of the chapter, I was just like, oh, if this was like an actual indie comic art film this would be the end of the story mm. of her just kind of losing it the frying pan and just everything just kind of trailing off like it would just be like a story about a woman just slowly kind of losing it in this situation and and weirdly enough knowing there's more past this makes me want to not read more like i don't mm. actually want to know what happens because I'm, I'm worried it's going to become a regular story Instead of the kind of like the feeling piece that this first chapter was, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually, it's interesting because for the longest time, my my idea of like a really good first issue in comics was Ex Machina, 
by Brian Vaughn and Tony Harris, issue number one, where it ends with like a it, it's this is a 15 year old comic now, but it ends with like a reveal, let's say that a big incident that was supposed to have happened in our world did not happen. And that's sort of where things diverged in this world. And it did feel very complete as it done in one. Like you could have actually read that as that was a, like a one shot. It would have been totally fine. Yeah. And I feel like this is a really it, like right down to there's a credits page at the end of at the end of it. Just like, how are you, Mickey Yamamoto, you know, all rights reserved that this maybe this first chapter really could be a standalone. So I think I'm actually the most curious. I'm more curious to see where it goes, because this is so compelling and so strong on its own that mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to I can't imagine it going into a normal place. Like, yeah. I don't even imagine what normal is in this context anymore. David, what did you think of? How are you? What do you think I thought of? How are you? Is this, is this a David book? Is this David Jose? <laughs> I like this game. Yeah. We also recently read Tramps Like Us, which is like a full-on... Oh, sorry, Jose. Tramps Like Us? What's that? Sorry. Ah, we also recently wow. read You're My Pet. You're My Pet. Which was originally called Tramps Like Us in English, and that has imprinted on my brain in a way that I cannot seem to check. <laughs> but we read You're My Pet, and that one I was like... Oh, this is the kind of Jose that I think David likes, actually, mm. when I was reading it. This one, I've got no clue, actually. Like, uh, you like wow. indie comics. <laughs> like, you like indie stuff, but also you're reading for Jose and relationship and, like, relationship-oriented stuff is kind of all over the place. And the things that you recommend don't mm. tend to be books that don't have, like, a supernatural element. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually really curious. I like this one a lot. It was the one I'm most likely to continue with out of the four that you picked. So far, no, mm. I think. Oh, that's a also spoiled the end of the book. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the I agree with Chip on the art, but like the depiction of her panic and the sort of way it becomes her life, and like the effect yeah. it has on her daughter, and like the way the neighbors kind of come in, up to the point where she's like beating her mailbox to the frying pan because it has her last name on it. I thought was really strong cartooning. Yeah, yeah. there's something about what like. As Deb was saying, it's not necessarily where you want what you want to do right now is to watch a woman unravel at like expertly told by Yamamoto, yeah. I'd say. But at the same time, there's nothing that felt fake or oh, we get a lot of uh, melodrama in the manga that we mm-hmm. read, even in Jose manga. I think the only one that's been melodrama free and was instead like fully committed to the bit was maybe like uh, Helter Skelter, which was like, it could read as melodrama, except no, those people were all crazy, <laughs> like actually like full on. So yeah, this was something that it's interesting because it is something that I want to read, but I didn't read the next one. Maybe I was afraid of reading the next one in the way that I don't want to read the endings of stories because it just was, it hit me so hard. But going back to Food Wars and where I kind of want to tie together all four of these chapters, that one I like I read that first chapter and I was like, oh, this is really good, actually. Like, I was reading a lot of Shonen Jump when I first got that. And that was one of the books where I started reading it and then could not stop reading it. And I blew through 17 volumes in like a week and a half. Like, I have, oh, and I haven't, and, I, and then I just, yeah, Food Wars. And then I just was like, you have to stop reading Food Wars. <laughs> like, you just have to stop reading Food Wars. So then I haven't gone back to it until this, where it was my pick for the book that people that we should read on the first chapter. So I want to tie this all together because we've gotten four first chapters. We've gotten four first stories. We all have different experiences with them. And I want to go back to something that, Chip said on really early in the podcast, which was about manga getting long landing strips to find their audience. 
And I think we read a lot of stuff that we read it because it's already popular. You know what I mean? Like we read Yotsuba or Full Metal Alchemist or whatever because it's already a superstar manga series. And just reading that first volume, sometimes we can't see it, like what made it good or what made people love it. And so we're pulling back even further now. We've got four first chapters. It's clear that one of these was significantly more popular than the others. But I'm really curious. That's Food Wars, by the way. I'm really curious what what you want to read next aside do you think that all four of these are successful as first chapters at like being the intro that's going to get you interested in the series do you think any of them are more successful or least successful not just in making you want to read more but in how they exist as comics and what of these would you recommend to a comics reading friend like just and 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 why would you recommend it to them? These are like the three questions I had, and you can tackle any of them or none of them. Like they might not apply to all of you, but going back to the first one, it's like, do you think these are successful first chapters? Yes or no? And is there any of them that stood out as being more successful or less successful? I think they're all polished to appeal to like their target demographic, like not in like mm-hmm. a this you know people who like this will like this kind of a way, but more. Like if you like slow burn X Files these stories about the supernatural, like Kokoku sets up all that for you. Like there's the family yeah. connection, there's like a bit of like folklore stuff sprinkled in. And it's clear that it's going in a certain direction that's not necessarily present in the first, but kind of hangs over it, whether through yeah. the cover art or through like the tone of the first. Same with How Are You? Like this feels like a chapter that really will do a great job of setting up the story of like, you know, melodrama on this little city block. I think the next stories are about like the mail carrier and someone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely curious where this was going to go. I think because of how like intimate this portrait is of the, of the wife who kind of loses it towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely successful. Deb comic artist been reading manga your whole life. Do any of these particularly yeah. not work for you as first chapters? Hmm. I don't think any of them necessarily didn't work. I mean, they all basically set up the story mm-hmm. and gave me a chance to feel like, gave me a flavor of what to expect. You know, like each of them all had some kind of interesting hook, right? Like mm-hmm. Koku could have been, the the interesting weird hook was the dog thing, right? Where all of a sudden that surreal boat in the, comes and takes him away. Like, oh, okay, it's going to be a little strange. So you get that flavor of that, like... Mm. The food wars, you know, like the the naked the men, which, yeah, <laughs> which was, was like me. that was what that's what and, did it for me. Just and kept then chasing the food, that right? nude nude high from the first chapter for like seventeen volumes. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you like the guy Gin the, with the cool eyebrow or the old man? Mm, it, I mean, it's a melange. <laughs> wow. Okay, I guess. Mm, I think at, the, at that point, it becomes a matter of taste, right? Like, what is this the, your style of story you like? I think Shonen Jump manga, that, I mean, that's a masterclass in hook them in early mm-hmm. because your life depends on it, literally. Like, your, your serialization depends on you keeping people engaged and coming back for more because if not, there are 10 or 12 other stories in that in- anthology that is mm-hmm. gunning for number one, right? And maybe numbers to two to nine because... There's one piece. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't beat that. But no one's beaten mm, one piece. But I guess when I'm reading, you know, this first chapter, I'm, I'm a little sad because at a certain point it did run out of steam. 
mm-hmm. and you remember, oh, this first chapter is full of promise and you know, like excitement and hmm. what, he, what they were going to do with it. Hmm, that's interesting. Chip, you've already sort of spoiled that you think that Food Wars was maybe the most competently put together and the one that you're most interested in reading more. But like, did you think that any of them didn't work? I wouldn't say it's the most competently put together. I think it just like kind of kind mm. of hit me in the spots that I wanted to have hit, if that makes sense. Because Food Wars <laughs> felt like sure. there were like the three or four kind of like surprises even in that first chapter that would have each on their own would have maybe want to keep reading. But the fact that they all kind of piled up on top of each mm-hmm. other by the end of that first chapter was just like, oh, okay, you really want to hook me in mission accomplished. I think they all work really well. Like, like everyone says kind of in their own ways. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, I'm trying to think back on all the books we've read as to the first chapters of those books to see if they all have that kind of that, the hook at the end of it, or if these were specifically picked because they all have that hook. Yeah. And I can't, I can't recall because we don't usually do the, the, the first chapters. Did any of these first chapters not work as first chapters for you? I think the, the only thing was kind of what I mentioned with moment by moment, just the fact that it felt like that was the end of the story for me personally, as a reader, like I didn't necessarily want to kind of keep going. But beside that, everything everything worked really well as a first chapter. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not moment by moment, but the um, what uh, how was are it you? called? Yeah, how are you? That was the one I'm talking about. I think it's really interesting because uh, you've all sort of identified in different ways that Food Wars was the one that worked and the best, let's say. And yeah, I think the Shonen Jump point is clear. Like Shonen Jump really works with editors and staff to like polish first chapters up to make them have as high a chance of success as possible. But Food Wars was also actually the longest. It was a little bit over 76 pages, where I think the next longest was only 50, and that was Kokoku. And then the other two were a little bit shorter as well in the like 30 page range. So I think that that's given how much room there is to breathe there. The, the revelations, I think, at the beginning of chapter two of Sweetness and Lightning added a lot for me. Beginning of chapter two of Kokoku, which I wasn't even sure I was reading because it just flowed so naturally from chapter one as well. I think that makes for an interesting sample, especially if these are like monthly installations. I think they're both weeklies, but I could be wrong, both of those series. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff there in terms of like landing strip. And that's the other thing is you... Deb got at it pretty clearly. It's like, there's a lot of other stuff in the magazine when you're launching your serial. You might only get, like, you might have submitted that first chapter, even your first three chapter, two or three times in the rough stages and gotten notes and feedback and tried to polish it with the editor, depending on the kind of magazine you're in. And I think that you might only have one volume. You might only have two volumes. And I think that that's, and Shonen Jump in particular is sort of thought to be cutthroat. There's a lot of Shonen Jump series that have been canceled recently that people loved. The Red Riding Hood one in particular, people are like incensed that that was canceled because they loved it so much. But it was just like, if it's not selling and it's not doing well in the reader polls in Japan, it kind of doesn't matter what the North American fans think. So I'm really fascinated by this idea. And yeah, I'm glad that you all had like different takes and different feelings about it. That's really cool. The last thing I wanted to talk about is... And I don't know, oh, actually, this David and, and Deb, I'm going to kind of put the ball in your court for this one. It's mm. pilot chapters. And this oh. is particularly a Shonen Jump thing, 
where a manga will get a chapter that's like a pilot chapter and it doesn't continue from that point. And in fact, they go back and rework it a little bit and then re sort of launch the series with a new chapter one. And these aren't often published in English. I know the Naruto one, there was a chapter, there was a pilot chapter that only showed up if you bought like the box set of volume, like the first box set of manga volumes. The One Piece one, I think, was the same thing. These are not stories that are easy to get a hold of, even in Japan. They're like, you might get a short story collection that includes like a pilot chapter at some point. And I think that's another, it's another thing we just don't have in North American comics. No one's doing a first issue deciding it did or didn't well, work and then going back and redoing a first issue. Are they? Is it? Tell me about this. Tell, tell like the readers that. about pilot chapters. I think that pilot chapters kind of misleading as a term because they're one shots first and foremost, like they're okay. for the creator and the editor. It's definitely like, Oh, can we make this into something popular enough to be a series? But in the terms of the execution of it, they're meant to be, you know, single stories that you can enjoy and then move on. And if they're good, you know, if you want more then they'll do it again, but better next time. Yeah. And I think the, you know, superhero comics version of that is when there's a big crossover, there's, you know, the mini series or the one shot focused on, you know, the revamp of XYZ character or something like that. Hmm, that's a good comparison. Kind of parallel for us. Yeah. And, you know, maybe X character will come back. Maybe he won't. Like Garth Ennis and John McCray's Hitman is a good example where he popped up during DC's Bloodlines or what, like a crossover. No oh, one what about Lobo? It. Right. Yeah, Lobo, the same thing. Like it could have just been one shot, one story, and we're good. But people liked it, so they kept coming back. And I think with One Piece, the response to I think Romance Dawn was the pilot chapter. Mm -hmm. The response to that, and also the editorial response to what Oda was demonstrating in it with his art, was kind of what propelled it into being a new series. Hmm. That happened with That's Cherry Magic too. Like Cherry Magic was just kind of like a one shot joke, and so is the mm -hmm. same thing with Sweat and Soap. It was kind of like a one shot little love story that was going to end at one but for some reason it was really popular and then it just gets extended you know the people just want to know about those like that? i house think husband? it is yeah oh i didn't know that i think of it as a bl thing like bl author will do a doujinshi that's like an original doujinshi and or it will do like a one shot in one of the magazines it's a one shot magazine and the reader's just response will be strong enough that they'll be like, all right, you're going to series for, you yeah. know, for one volume, maybe three volumes. If you're really lucky, BL doesn't tend to go on very long for the most part, but yeah, I hadn't really considered the character spinning out of a big crossover <laughs> and getting their introduction there in like a one shot before going to series. And, and this is Hitman and Lobo. It was by Giffen. I think both of those characters ended up very different in their ongoing series, like having been tweaked mm -hmm. a lot. So I could totally see the comparison. Chip, you've been working on crossovers lately. Is that is there anything like that that you've worked on lately? I'm actually really curious too, because I haven't been reading a lot of comic books, I have to say. I'm sorry. What? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did the one crossover, Devil's Reign, and there were they did like some miniseries kind of coming out of it, but I don't think the market is the kind of market right now where those minis were test grounds for a new series. I think they're just minis to kind of exist and kind of feed their bottom dollar. And also to try out new talent. I think, I think that's the difference <laughs> with like the Marvel DC stuff is that the crossover one shots and minis, they know they'll sell just well enough to justify their existence, but they also know that they're probably not going to get their top creators on them. So you can actually take some risks with some new talent. Huh. So it's less about showcasing a new idea or a new character and more about showcasing a new creator. I'd say so at this point, like David's correct. Like, 
the kind of back in the day, all those kind of crossovers mm-hmm. were were created with the idea in mind that they're going to spin out new series. But now it's like, I, I can't recall the last time that's actually happened to any kind of success at Marvel or DC. I might be, you know, not not thinking it through clearly, but but I can't, nothing comes to mind. Yeah. Another hmm. good example is a friend of the show, Jamila Rouser and Robin Smith's Wash Day began as a independent comic. Like, you know, it's something mm-hmm. they self-published and put together. Uh, and yeah, when it yeah. was picked up by a publisher, it became Wash Day Diaries, which is like a longer version, like revamped all new short stories and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was still building on that same idea. And I think that like when series maybe go from one shot to ongoing, it's kind of like a similar transition where it's like, here's like the bits and pieces you were strongest at. So let's lean into that skid and make something fresh out of it. Mm. Yeah. I think that that's all the ways in which people get into print is fascinating. And I think I just want to open up the floor, but maybe, maybe this will be final thoughts and maybe this will lead into final thoughts. But like, what was it like? We've been, we've been doing a lot of double reads for the last couple of weeks where we're reading like the book and then we're reading a, a bonus book. Like, you are my pet. That's that's what it was called. This one was maybe the first time we read four different series like this, or even five if you count the the bonus book at the same time. Did you did you pull anything from the juxtaposition of these very different series from one another? Did you notice anything about how the manga was told, about themes, about how sweetness and lightning and food wars both tackled food in different ways? Like, is just anything you pulled from it, or was it like, no, nope, it's all just manga? <laughs> I was struck by how. It's almost like a not a funhouse mirror. Like your taste is just slightly off from my taste. Like yeah. if, were fa- if, if we were looking at a clock face, I would be like three thirty, you'd be like four thirty or something like that. <laughs> so I can see why and a way for all these series to be like super up my alley. Like even mm-hmm. sweetness and light, like the widower thing is really interesting. The fatherhood thing is really fascinating, but like the execution just isn't quite my bag. Yeah. So I was more trying to just like divine the theme of this manga magazine that you put together and why it was these four stories honestly random (laughs) suggestions by the listeners and then (laughs) the one book that i was like we didn't get any jose recommendations like again so Mm. i'm gonna go with this one that i just read and it killed me like and that was why i picked how are you but the other ones were came out of food wars because we talked about it on one of the episodes and then the there was a bunch of reader suggestions and that's where we got kokoku and sweetness and lightning so I think that that's interesting because the readers thought that we would like those ones as well. And maybe those were the two that we ended up liking the least, dot, 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 question mark? Maybe. I don't know. Chip liked Sweetness and Lightning better than Yotsuba, which, uh, by the way, I know it wasn't intentional because she had to deal with her cat. But as soon as, as, soon as Chip said that, Deb took off her headphones and walked off camera. <laughs> she was just like... Screw this! I'm better than Yotsub. I'm out. Just like walked, and I know it was you had to get you had to get Timmy. It was fine, but it was I was dying laughing. Actually, I put on mute. You so don't know what it's like having a cat <laughs> stare at you while you're trying to talk. Mm, I I get it. He I'm sits at the window and stares at me. Gives me that death gaze. Like you're going to let me in, right? Now, right? Now, right? Now, right? Man, it is worse than having a toddler. Mm. <laughs> so no, well, no 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 shade meant chip but that cat is a real pill <laughs> and yet it was still a really good visual gag all right final thoughts chip do you want to go first we usually give you the last word but let's get let's get some final thoughts out of you 
my question is, are my final thoughts me deciding which book we're going to end up reading in the next uh, season? Yeah, why don't you why don't you pick? All right. So, my final thoughts are these are all successful first chapters. And I would say that perhaps my tastes and my desire to have something kind of funny and light would lead me to pick Food Wars as the one that we continue mm-hmm. to read. But I think because a couple of you have kind of pushed back on it a little bit, I kind of want to see where Sweetness and Lightning goes. To just see see if your opinions change on it as it progresses, because I think it, there's some masterful cartooning in in the in that first chapter. Like I'm looking right now at page 37 when the daughter tastes the rice for the first time, and it's such an adorable, beautiful drawing. And I, yeah. I kind of want to see how she progresses and how the other characters progress. So that would be my pick to kind of continue. Also, I really like the lettering in it. Hmm. Yeah, I thought the lettering was pretty solid too. Okay, well that's shocking, but I guess you did like it better than Yatsuba, much to Deb's chagrin. (laughs) That's not that surprising, I guess. We'll see that one on season four in, I don't know, November or something. Deb, final thoughts? This is probably incidental, but it it did end up being a sampler of different manga platforms. (laughs) It really did, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Like Manga Planet was How Are You and the link to read Sweetness and Lightning was Azaki and to read Food Wars was using the Shonen Jump sampler and then Kokoku was through Kodansha's proprietary like first chapter previews experience. Mm-hmm. It was nice that everything was free and um, yeah, it was, it was weird. I guess I'm thinking about that because I, my the other experience this week is Square Enix just launched a new manga app called Manga Up. And it has a new series by a creative full metal alchemist. So it's like, oh wow, you know. It's it's interesting because there's so many manga apps out there and some of them are good and some of them are not so good. So I have dot, opinions dot, on these dot. things. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to Deb on Twitter for more. <laughs> David, any final thoughts? <laughs> As I red pen the hell out of these things. <laughs> yeah. I so there's good series that make you want to read more and good series where you're like, I can recommend this to someone effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think these are four series that I would more likely to recommend with how are you being the one that I keep up with myself because mm-hmm. they all do different things well. And like from cartooning, storytelling, that kind of thing. So I had a good time reading them, even though part, there's always like a voice in the back of my head saying, you know, like, why does Chris want you to read this? Why does Chris want you to read this? <laughs> <laughs> and now I know it was the listeners who want me to read this and thank you for, you know, broadening my horizons a little bit. Cause I never would have picked up sweetness and lightning if not for the podcast, I think. I wonder, my final thoughts are, I wonder if we've done any of these books, obviously not sweetness and lightnings. We're actually going to read that one, but if we've done them any a disservice by just reading the first chapter. But I also think that these are available to read just the first chapter for free. It's supposed to hook you. So I kind of think that's part and parcel of like, what we're doing is engaging them on their own on their own terms, actually. So I think that that's interesting. I think each of these books could I could keep going with no problem, and in, in some cases I just just keep reading because uh, I want to you know flip to the next page. Why not? I think. Hmm. I think I like the art actually best in Mickey Yamamoto's book. More so, and I think that there's obviously more technical skill in something like Sweetness and Lightning, and especially Food Wars, which is just like that—that that dude's a machine, like a monster of drawing. 
but like i liked how are you the best because it was the most personal and it speaks maybe mm-hmm. to some of my tastes in comics mm-hmm. and i think that that's it's fascinating i just i'm maybe just a sucker for art i've got like a bunch of self-published stuff too so it was just like a good pick yeah and then finally i guess my final thought was i was reading these and i was anxious like way more anxious than I am when I normally read stuff. And it might've just been (laughs) how are you like amped me up so much that I was like, Oh my God. But I I deliberately read that one last, but it was more like, am I going to be able to get something that I can talk about on the podcast instead of just reading the first chapter? And it's a weird thing that I've never actually felt before because I never have a problem talking on these things. I think as people are aware, but for this one, it was like, it's just the first chapter. It's just, it feels a little bit, I don't know. My final thought is it all felt a little unfair, but at the same time, eh, I got to read it for free. So maybe someone will hear us talking about it and like it. Yeah, I know. I know that people put it out in a discrete unit and you can judge it on a discrete unit, but the number of times we've said Yotsuba doesn't work and people are like, you only read the first volume. No wonder it doesn't get good to to three or Fulman Alchemist doesn't get good to eight or something like that. And books we haven't specifically haven't recommended because it's like, oh, they don't, or we, we started we started with Blue Giant number seven, and that was still a little iffier. Or sorry, five six. Sorry, <laughs> my apologies. So I think that like we are a really weird test case sometimes because people who read manga read manga. People especially who read manga where they have an all you can read option. Let's say whatever that option happens to be, don't mm-hmm. think does that chapter work or not because they just hit next and go to the next chapter. So. I don't know who this episode ended up being for is like my final thought, but I had fun talking to all of you about the manga and maybe we'll dig back in when we get to sweetness and light and see where the first volume ends up in a couple months. I think that'll be cool. I'll ask you this, Chris. Do you think this experiment was successful? Would you do it again? Yeah, I've already picked the next four books that I want to do in my head, but I don't know that I'm actually going to do it. We'll see. There might be more interesting ways to break the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I will. (laughs) We'll be back (laughs) right after the break. This is David Brothers interrupting Christopher's episode where he launched an entire manga magazine for us manga-splaining manga couturers to talk about. Trying that out. I don't know if it's going to stick around. (laughs) But it's an interesting idea. It's one that Christopher and I talked about over text a few times, too. Kind of like, if you had to build a magazine, what would you put in it? And it's so personal and specific. I think it says a lot about the people, like your answers say a lot about you as a person, not Mm. morally, probably, but we're going to find out. (laughs) So Christopher, I want to know, like kind of you showed us a sampler of manga for the podcast, but what would go Mm. into your like platonic ideal of a manga magazine? This is going to sound self-serving, but it's the truth. Deb and Andrew and I are putting together Manga Explaining Extra right now on the Substack where we're serializing wow. stuff. And that's kind of like <laughs> what I wanted to do. Like it's it's literally just what I like. And it's not just what I wanted to do. Uh, Deb's had picked actually, I think about a little over half of the books that we're doing, whether yeah. or not we actually get to do them or whether they end up coming out without coming through Manga Explaining Extra. No, it's just, I think commercial manga is covered. I think we've got it. I think good job, like good job, Viz and Yen and Kodansha and Dark Horse and everybody that's doing, you know, Udon and everyone that's doing, like, we've got it covered. But -hmm. there's a lot of manga that doesn't get covered in North America. And it's a huge bummer for people like me who are manga nerds who want something a little more challenging or a little bit weirder. Like, How Are You that we read is just like, oh, I bummed that that is 
only a digital license. I would love to like that's a book that I would like sit and really read and also have a physical copy that I could give to people because it's not about the kinds of things that manga are normally about. So I think what we're trying to do with manga explaining extra is actually just pick books that it's like, man, what would what should be out there? What would people want to read one chapter a week and get to know in a different way than just seeing a book on a shelf or trying to hit people up with a book cover and a blurb and then saying, okay, buy this. I think that that part of the marketing of manga is maybe really broken, but the serialization, there's a lot of opportunity there to like show people that oh, manga can be more. Every manga magazine, no matter how commercial it is, has three or four features in it every time it comes out that are like the weird stuff, the offshoot stuff, the like whether it's yeah. a four panel comic or like whether it's Mob Psycho 100 and it's just like, all right, this is a professional Shogaku magazine, but here's a guy who can't really draw but can make really interesting comics. He's going to get 20 pages a week. Like that's the kind of stuff that I that I like. So I'm really grateful that we get the opportunity to do it right now, and I'm really excited about the stuff that we've got coming up. That's going to maybe show more than just the two books that we've announced so far. So that's my take. That's amazing. That is probably the greatest dodge in the history of dodged answers, but it was really good. So I appreciate it. <laughs> but no, really, like getting to do your dream like that is really cool. And I didn't think about that from the perspective of a publisher. So mm. I will allow it this time. But wow. thank you. I won't. I'll try not to shill too hard in future, but thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. And Deb, we talked about this before the podcast, and you have like a pretty firm idea of what you'd like in your like ideal manga magazine. Uh, I came up with two concepts, right? I mean, then that's mm -hmm. what I do in design. I was like, oh, here's the client, what the client wants, and here's what I want. And maybe we'll find something in between. So mm -hmm. for this thing, I had two ideas. Like one was the Panda Express three item plate with fried rice concept, which is, <laughs> that's, that's, tip, that's my favorite order, by the way, <laughs> the three. Yeah. Three I hope that's the name plate. of your magazine too. <laughs> Express three item plate. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is that, you know, that you have one, like the fried rice is basically the, the meat and potatoes, right? The one popular one, the one that everyone, mm -hmm. the, if no one reads anything else, that's the one that they, the one story they read. You know, kind of like how they, in shopping malls used to be, they used to be the anchor store. There'd be like oh, a yeah. Macy's like a and there'd be a Sears. Yeah. Like there'd be like the main store and then there'd be all these little boutiques on the side. But there'd be an mm -hmm. anchor store that would be the reason why most people would come to the mall. So that's the fried rice. <laughs> so the mixed plate manga magazine idea I had was kind of like, one, it would it would have some uplifting or exciting action or sports manga type thing. You know, kind of like, mm -hmm. I, like, I love Giant Killing. I love Haikyuu. I love Hachimi no Ippo. I love Blue Giant. You know, something that is episodic, but it it's inspiring and uplifting and action-packed. Mm -hmm. Then the other part, maybe, you know, the eggplant and tofu is the, something that is romantic and dramatic. You know, something very melodramatic that keeps you going like, oh, what's going to happen next? Or like, oh, you get really emotionally invested in it. Like I like in the clear moonlit dusk. I love descending stories that Rakugo manga. Oh yeah, I'm going to recommend that next season. Oh, I love that one. It's so good. <laughs> I would buy that DVD in an instant because the, the anime is so beautiful. It's like watching an Ozu movie. Mm -hmm. It's kind of multi generational story about these two men who are into Rakugo, which is like this Japanese traditional storytelling, and their rivalry and the, I guess you know, and how that tradition changes over the years. It's just really, really, really wonderful characters and story. It's hard to read just one volume though, but I think it's really good. 
Yeah. The other one I thought was like Saturn Return by Akani Torikai. You know, that's that mm. one that she has now about a woman who is dealing with her friend's suicide. Mm-hmm. Or like Swan, that, that really dramatic ballet manga. Mm. And stuff like that. Then you get the you get the egg roll, right? Which is like something old or funny or quirky, like Dr. Slump or Tensai yeah. Bakabon or Osomatsukun, right? And then something new and experimental, like, you know, Land of the Lustrous or Dead Dead Demons Destruction or Jun by Hyotaro Ishimura, something kind of mind expanding and experimental. Maybe so a that's psychedelic. Yeah, something kind of <laughs> unexpected, right? Yeah. That's the a little bit of everything approach. The okay. manga splaining approach for a magazine, this is kind of like <laughs> what I hope manga splaining extra does become, is the manga about manga. Mm. Like manga about making manga or the history of manga. Like, you know, like Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun is a manga about making manga. And then there's one I, I'm really into in Japan called Losers, which is the history of action magazine, one of the first Shainen manga magazines. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it in Japanese and it's really fun because it's, it shows the early days of Monkey Punch before he created Lupin the Third, oh, that's and awesome. how he was influenced by Mad Magazine, and how his editor gave him the pen name Monkey Punch, and he hates it. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. <that> <laughs> it's really good. Mm. There's books that I would love to read in English, like Shotaro Ichinori or uh, Osama Tezuka's Guides to How to Make Manga, mm-hmm. or there are like these essay manga by manga artists like Hiromo Arakawa's hilarious slice of life manga about growing up in Hokkaido and being a farmer's daughter or hmm. Fujio Fujiko's stories about called Manga Michi Manga Road mm-hmm. about their it's kind of like drifting life but funnier <laughs> nice. but, you know like their road to becoming a manga artist or and, and then I thought oh you know in the mix you put in like new artist spotlight right like, because it can't just always be about the gods and the legends of manga. You've got to put up front the people who are doing new, fresh, innovative things. The creators that everyone is talking about, like, oh my God, what are they doing? Like, kind of the way people talk about Tatsuki Fujimoto, the creator yeah, of yeah. Chainsaw Man. Like, that is really fresh and engaging and different approach to manga. Like, it gets people really excited. Mm-hmm. I think there's more like that out there. And I, I think. You know, if we can be part of bringing that kind of stuff first, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I have to admit, I didn't have much for either me or Chip on this segment because like, <laughs> you two have such an encyclopedic knowledge that I was curious where you would go. <laughs> but I like both all three of your answers since you had two technically, <laughs> especially the manga about manga magazine, like manga explaining monthly. That'd be pretty cool. I'm kind of inspired by like, you know, like there's Da Vinci magazine or Pen magazine in Japan. That takes mm, that approach yeah. or Adam in, in France. Like manga magazines for people who like manga and are ready to learn more, see more. No. Yeah. My platonic ideal is really going to be mostly old stuff and completed series. Because I think mm. most modern manga reads better in graphic novel form, just like, you know, mm. American comic books, for instance, is by far my preferred format. But older manga, like Lone Wolf and Cub, for instance. And mm. There was another one we read recently that Christopher mentioned is it felt like it was meant to be read monthly or weekly rather than in chunks. But I like that vibe. It would be cool to have yeah. a magazine that was like Gogo 13, Ashta no Joe, you know, being serialized from some point and then switching off after every story arc. Mm. And then also having a revolving Akiko Hikashimura slot for whatever she's doing new. 
And then the backup, the final book would always be like a really goofy comedy like City or What's Michael or Mob Psycho 100, that kind of a thing. Just to like give me everything I want in a comics experience. Something I can read on a Saturday morning. But yeah, that thank you for great. entertaining my curiosity. You know, <laughs> it's nice to make up some stuff on a podcast for once. So venture capitalist investors out there, come at me. I got lots of <laughs> <Yeah>. ideas. <laughs> we are great with money. Let's see. <laughs> and maybe next season we'll get Chip's take on what his platonic ideal of a manga magazine would be once he's read a hundred oh. different manga. Oh my God. That's next season. Huh? Ooh. It's probably just a Spider-Man manga. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> One <it>. day. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break and then come back. Catch you in a bit. And we're back. We're going to call it there. No shout outs, but maybe go check out Chip's funny new class video. It's, it's pretty good. And don't forget Gigaton. And don't forget Gigatet. We know we did Gigatet. There's there's lots of stuff going on. Just go to mangasplaining.com. We'll tell you all about it there. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Mangasplaining, episode number 75. The four first chapters special. We read Food Wars, Kokoku, Sweetness and Lightning, and How Are You? Thanks so much for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Cheese Sweet Home by Konami Kanada, published by Kodansha. Please consider supporting your local comic and manga specialty shop, and you can find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. Or check out your local library for print and digital lending options on most of the titles we cover. You can also visit mangasplaining.com. It's full of great info, including our reading list and extensive show notes, and links to the titles that we discussed today. And hey, why not check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks so much to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.